Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. And I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And I still refuse to sing the intro. Ooh. Sorry. Fans Someday. everywhere cry out at the same time, boo. <laughs> boo. Uh, and I just slurp up their booze deliciously. Oh, jeez. Um, Alright, so... <laughs> If you remember a few weeks ago, Anthony, we discussed some video game controllers, right? Did we now? Yes, we did. (laughs) Yes, correct. So, this week, I wanted to expand from that topic and maybe talk about some more unorthodox kinds of controllers and just what we think about them, how they affect games, and whether whether people need to be more creative with controllers nowadays or something. So, um, we'll go back to our main man, Jesse Shell from the game Art of Game Design, A Book of Lenses, and I'll get a quote from him on physical interfaces, and then we'll get it going. So, Jesse Shell says, The world of video games occasionally goes through dry spells, where designers feel it is not feasible to create custom physical interfaces. But the marketplace thrives on experimentation and novelty, and suddenly, specially crafted physical interfaces, like the Dance Dance Revolution mat, the Guitar Hero guitar, and the Wiimote appear, bringing new life to old gameplay by giving players a new way to interact with old game mechanics. So, cool. I mean, they throw out some. he throws out some examples right there, and maybe we'll just start on those, and then we'll sort of dive deeper down the rabbit hole. I think we went okay. over the Wii Remote a lot on our last podcast, so maybe we'll leave that one to the side for now and talk a little bit about uh, rhythm games to start, I guess. You know, I'm always down for that. Um, okay, that sounds good to me. There are a lot of rhythm games, right, that you can play with just your mouse and keyboard, and many have come uh, in recent time, like games like Crypt of the Necro Dancer, which is all just like arrow keys and stuff like that. Um, but the, I'd say like the real great origin of rhythm games, like having this huge boom, is DDR, obviously. And so that, if you're not familiar, is played on a mat. Um, And on that mat, there's four arrows, and you use your feet to step on the direction of the arrows on the screen as they come into the correct timing. So, you've played DDR, right? I have. I played the shit out of it in, like, middle school. Hell yeah. Um, And what do you think? What do you think about controlling games with your feet? Um, I love DDR. Um, It was a great time. I feel like maybe I just, like, it wasn't marketed as well, and I didn't see it or something but i felt like they went away like you know dance pad games like sort of went away uh in, after the one i played in the ps2 um i would say home console dance pad games have definitely gotten less popular sort of replaced by things like um dance central and what's the ubisoft one called uh i know uh, what you're talking about i just do dance. not remember that. just dance yeah, that's right yeah, and those are, you know, controlled either through, they were, there's some Connect ones, but the Wii ones are just with the Wiimotes and stuff. So I think dancing games at home have moved away from needing, like, additional peripherals as much as possible. But new DDR versions have been released. There was a new one released as early as, like, a few years ago called DDR Ace Gold, I think, or something. I don't know. It's at and round it came with one. The pad? Well, it's not for home. It's an arcade oh, okay. cabinet. Okay. Yeah. But new versions of DDR are coming out. Um, I mean,. They should yeah. bring that stuff back, man. It's got like it's great exercise. It's a good time. I'm, yeah, I vote man. bring it back. Hold that exercise thought for a second because that's a great transition into another type, a few other controllers I want to talk about. But just 
before we go down that path, what do you think about... So there's a guy named Peking Boo. Um, he's a YouTuber and Twitch streamer. And he uses a DDR pad or two DDR pads to play and speedrun normal games. Um, he maps his uh, pads to different... To, like, the buttons for the games. And he speedruns, like, Mario 64... He speedrun. Here's this Cuphead speedrun in an hour twenty four minutes on Dance Pad. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah. I guess you can control gaze with your feet if you want to, right? I mean, I mean, so yeah, you definitely you can. That's interesting. Like, I've also seen um, there's been some people in like the Halo community who play Halo on the Guitar Hero controller, for example. I like, will. Yeah, go ahead. Wonked up, whatever. But, like, yeah, just to say, like, this, the idea, I, I'm, I'm saying that because that's cool for, in in a couple of ways to me. On one hand, like, just the fact that the novelty of trying to do this thing in a way that it wasn't designed for is, is an interesting, obviously very interesting wrinkle to throw into, like, his master. Like, imagine, if he's if he can master the game that way, it, it, it's even... I, I, maybe even more impressive than if he would have just done the controller potentially, right? Like that's a cool to, thing, totally. but it's on a more top uniquely that, challenging feat to accomplish, right? No pun intended yeah, with feet. Exactly. Now, on top of that, we actually had this conversation where we were talking about. I think it was competitive versus cooperative, and I was explaining like I don't really like one v one experiences in video games, but then I was talking about how I do like one v one experiences in video games i'm sorry in some physical sports like yeah racquetball tennis and i was just saying that there even though i don't really care for 1v1 experiences the enjoyment of the kinesthetic like physical movement of it um and, and in those particular games like racquetball and badminton the actual physical smacking the ball or whatever um made up for the fact that i don't really enjoy the mode itself i right, feel this is very more similarly bringing- yeah, this is bringing that like toy of the game more out into the physical space. It's it's taking it yes. out of the game into the physical space and giving you a toy to play with that also interacts with the game. Yeah, you're you're involving more parts of uh I mean the body, right, in this in this control of the experience. Like totally. Um I, I, well, I don't mean, know. I yeah, go ahead. Go I was ahead. just gonna say, and I think this is why the Wii is so popular and was so popular, was because like they're way more familiar actions, too. Like, if you're playing a dancing game, of course you're going to want to use your feet, right? If you're playing a bowling game, of course you're going to want to use your arm and, like, actually do a bowling motion. Why wouldn't you, right? Yep, yep. Um, I will I say, agree. when I was at Evo last year, uh, the World Fighting Game Championships, there was a dude who was playing Tekken on a Guitar Hero controller and wrecking people, and it was awesome. He just would stand there with his guitar, playing Guitar Hero Tekken, while other people were just, like, on their fight sticks, being all super serious. <laughs> no, it's... It, 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 like I said, it's a cool... like how, However you put it, it's a unique challenge, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, at least for me personally, maybe there's other people who don't feel that same way, but these sort of full-body physical activities um, have a level of enjoyment just from... from from that, like, kinesthetic, I don't know, kinesthetic, am I saying that right? Kinetic? Yeah, that's Whatever. right, kinesthetic. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. activity, I guess. Totally. So, so speaking of exercise, then, um, are you familiar with the Wii Balance Board? I am. We had one. Oh, you did? Okay, well, then, I actually have never used one. I just know about it, so maybe you should talk about it, then. Well, so, I thought it was really cool. Now, I will say... 
my experience is very much biased. I had like physical alignment issues and I, my, I had to go to physical therapy for it in high school. My physical therapist told me I had the worst balance she has ever seen. Um, and so my experience of the balance board <laughs> is is biased in this way. Like it I, has they, balance I, in the title, so that seems like a yes, dangerous combination. Yeah. And so I tried it. I thought it was cool. Um, I just, you know, as you can probably expect, I didn't really want to do it a lot. <laughs> um, but I, I just I thought the all that in tandem with um, there was this other one where you were... Uh, I'm sorry, no. I'm thinking of a... It's a Connect game. The other thing that I was thinking of. It's not Wii. Um, but yeah, so that's my balance board experience. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> let's let's talk about the Connect a bit then. Um, what do you think about that? Because that also, there's a lot of exercise games that came out of the Connect. That was one of the original marketings for it. I've played Connect. It is definitely not that reliable. Uh, but when it works, it is kind of cool. Yeah, um, that is more or less the way I would sum that up to my experience. Like, for example, the dance games. If we go back to the dance games, yep. my um, my in-laws had this um, Kinect dance game for, I think it was the 360, and then they got a similar one for the Xbox One when it first came out. And um, I definitely enjoyed them less than Dance Dance Revolution, but I do feel like they were way more accessible um, in relation to like the rest of the family members. So for example, when we got Dance Dance Revolution, I played, my brother played, but like my dad would not play, you know, my mom would not play. It just looked too hard. It's while, while it is definitely, I think more intuitive, more natural, um, to dance on the pad than like to press buttons on the controller. Um, it's still, it still has a bit of a, um, non-naturalness to it. Can't think of, think of the word right now where, you know, there's still a pad, there's still, the uh th- that's still a little foreign to like somebody like my yeah, parents totally right it's still um, a video game controller from their perspective yes. but on the other hand when the connect came around they uh de- they jumped into that one right um and they would play and they would try you know it was it was one i can't remember i don't know the name but it was essentially your characters on the screen they had like there's a move that comes up and you basically have to emulate the move yeah that's just right? dance okay so maybe yeah just dance so um, you know, all the, the whole family participated in that. They all had a good time. I agree with you that, um, it was, it was not as accurate, especially like as the more finesse involved, like, uh, you know, in the moves or whatever. Um, but, at, but on the other hand, it was, I think maybe a little more accessible. So a little trade off there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. That's good. I, I, you seem like you've had a lot of experience with both of those. So now let's get to something weird. The modern take from Nintendo on exercise games is a game called Ring Fit Adventure. Not sure if you've seen the trailers for it or anything. I just sent you a link so you can take a look at it so you can have context for this conversation if you don't know about it. Okay. Basically, it's I'm this sure. flexible ring that you hold in both hands and you like squish and like move around and like put your legs in and do all this stuff in this like RPG adventure game. <laughs> okay. And it's a ring that like has a switch a, a Joy-Con on it, right? Like Yeah, I'm looking know. at it right now. I watched Weird. some people play it. I did watch a, a YouTuber like try and speedrun Ring Fit Adventure, and it was pretty funny because he was like dying and out of breath at the end of every single thing. He's like, I can't do this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what, what what do you think of it? Like, what's your impression? 
I think gamifying exercise is a really cool thing um, because, like, you know, that's like the stereotype, right? That people who play video games never do anything active. They never do anything physical. And then you see these dudes killing it on DDR or whatever who are, like, have way more physical dexterity than, like, any random casual sports player. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's really cool. And, like, this ring may be weird, but at least in the YouTube videos I saw of Alpharad playing it, like... It looked like it was legitimate exercise that he was doing and that he was getting real, like, physical exercise out of it. And if that's the case and we can encourage people to exercise through games, that's great, right? Like, I'm all for, like, encouraging alternative experiences through games. There's got to be something I'm thinking to myself. I agree with you. Um, Sorry, I I had this, like, side thought coming on this line. Like, Nintendo keeps doing this, right? Like, since since Wii, it feels like... um, they they uh they try to to integrate some amount of unique like physical interaction right um yeah and and yeah go ahead no it's okay what you just said is a perfect transition but you should finish your thought and then we will use it as a perfect transition yeah i'm just thinking they they there's some there's got to be a reason for that um outside of I think that Nintendo's you know they're they're extremely creative and they probably want to try some some of these novel takes um on top of that i don't know it'd be interesting there's probably data out there like the more your body's moving or involved and the more parts of your body is somehow more enjoyable or some i don't know you know i I think it's just innovation and accessibility is what it really is right like they want to innovate and they also want to make games feel more accessible to people who don't like them while still making them like equally satisfying for the people who do through the innovation so they're creating novelty for existing game players and they're creating accessibility and like low entry points for non-existing game players yeah um, speaking of which, it, you, you were saying starting at the Wii, but I'm going to hit you with some stuff here from our good boys at Nintendo from long ago. Now we're going to go to the, the lower points of the, the less low-hanging fruit here. Uh, you know our boy Rob. Do you know the origin of Rob, the Smash Bros. character? I do not. So Rob is a toy. He's a physical object. He is not a video game character, at least was not originally. Part of a game, I sent you a picture. Uh and there's a game you would control on the NES where you would move those rings. There would be like these rings set up and you would have to control the robot in the game to move the rings on the physical object from like one peg to another and place them in the correct spots. This is the Rob origin? This yes, boy? This I'm is Rob. At? Yes. Dang, that's cool. Right. And this is the yeah, this is in the NES era, right? Nintendo's doing this. There's also the light gun, which which you know, with Duck Hunt and all of those games that right, 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 detects right. light on the screen. The Zapper, um, that's like another huge Nintendo innovation from long ago, right? They were already doing this. Um, another is the Power Glove. Not sure if you've heard about the Power Glove. But y- yep, yep. Yeah, that thing is like a... I can't even believe that exists. If you want to know things about the Power Glove, go watch the Angry Video Game Nerd episode about the Power Glove. <laughs> uh, but... Like, I can't even imagine that, right? What are these people at Nintendo doing just sitting here like, well, what if we have a plastic robot that you control with this game? What if we have, like, a glove that you wear that, like, you turn your wrist over and type things into it like some Yu-Gi-Oh shit, which didn't exist at the time? <laughs> no, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, so, I just want to make a quick note, like, how how cool that is that Nintendo does that on multiple levels, not even just on a creative level, but... Like the reality is, all of this uh, this boils down to there, there's a business impact of launching any of these things, right? Like you, uh, they put 
you know, they put resources into developing that toy, into developing that power glove or whatever. Like they right. spend or money the Wii into that. developing a whole console, right? The Wii is pro- maybe the most risky and bold of them all, right? But right. like, um, you know, that's a there's what what's the you, you got to think the Rob toy, this power glove. I wonder. I'm sure that this is that that this is the case, but. The learnings from those things over the years somehow all are helping build towards what eventually turns into the Wii, right? Like, right, the Wii well, and the Switch, well, probably, right? Like, that's Wii, all from yeah, their the, learnings. And Wii U even had like accelerometers and stuff, right? In the pad, yeah. like there was motion-based stuff, right? So you know, I don't know. I just think you, you, it's risky, and I, and this is why I I, I kind of. When I asked that question initially, like, why have the dance, like, home dance pad, pad games gone away, I kind of internally thought, like, oh, well, yeah, when the Kinect showed up, it makes sense they went away because then publishers don't have to take a risk on essentially, like, manufacturing and designing uh, interface to their game. And instead, they can just attempt to leverage something that the, uh, like, sort of host, you know, platform providers providing for free, right? Like, the, if the install base already has the Kinect, you as a company don't need to go through the process of spending money on um, innovation and research development of a good interface in the first, like one that works, one that works towards your experience. Like there's a lot of overhead, like in a way associated with that. And um, it just, it's just another reason why what Nintendo does in, in regards to trying these crazy things like this um, ring fit adventure that you just showed me, the switch thing, right? Yeah. Um, my my initial impression is this thing's not going to go down as like as innovative as like the Wiimote, right? Like it's it's just it's not on that level potentially. But um, they still try it. They're still working towards things, and they they reintegrate it into uh, other stuff. I, I don't know. It's just very creative. It's very risky. It's very bold, and it's very cool that they do that. And totally, we is a, yeah. Is a I crazy mean, and of- just to give you another one from before the Wii era that I I like to bring up. Uh, and it's also rhythm game related. Is Donkey Konga, which was a bongo drum controller, um, where you played the ga- whole game with the bo- with these bongo drums. Um, cool. I don't know. That's yeah, awesome. It, it's awesome. And there's there's also people who play modern games using the Donkey Konga controller and speedrun games using the bongo drums. <laughs> that's uh, th- that that's probably fun to watch <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's so cool right like of course it makes sense right rock band guitar hero all these games they came later took this concept further but even before that nintendo's just like yeah but what if we just had some drums you could smack <laughs> like it's yeah, awesome but that inherently limits your game design right like totally it, it's w- such a constraint yeah um yeah Again, it's just like it, it's. I don't know. I, I I don't know how many different ways I can say Nintendo is cool <laughs> for doing stuff like this because uh, it's it's risky. Um, what what if nobody likes it? You know, you spend all that time and energy and resources on it, but it just you know when a stu- when a publisher when a studios are doing that, it, it uh, I, you know it, it I don't know it reeks of pot, cool creative energy um, that. Like I said, I gotta feel that it, even those in those some of those experiences were maybe like ne- ne- negative return on investment, right? Like you, they be. might have lost somehow money on in when you add everything up, even the production and shipping of like some of these things, right? Ho- housing right. them in retail around the world or whatever or wherever regions they were located in, and yet 
They do it anyway, and I got to think it boils back into learnings and a foundation that eventually turns into a positive ROI thing like the Wii, like, or whatever, you know? So, I don't know. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, and we'll come back to Nintendo later, but moving away from Nintendo, um, I I think... Another really cool alternative controller experience that I know about. Um, are you are you familiar with the PlayStation Move controller? Uh, not like I had never tried it, but you know what it no, is, right? It's literally yes. just like a, a stick with an orb on it. It's basically a Wii mode, honestly, right? Yes. It's just PlayStation's version of Wii mode. So this developer that I think is very cool um, created this game called Sports Friends. Um, hold on, I want to get the developer's name. His name is Digut Fabric. Uh, nice. It's an in- like independent it. developer collective. Um, I probably pronounced that horribly. Don't judge me. Um, and one of the games in Sports Friends, which was this collection, is a game that you have to play with a PlayStation Move controller called Johann Sebastian Joust. And <laughs> the, there's no graphics. The game is just it plays Beethoven or uh, uh, Bach music. It plays like a specific Bach song. And during that song, you have to, your goal is to hold your your uh, PlayStation Move controller in one hand, like your left hand, back, like behind you, and then you like stand sideways facing another person also holding one, and you have like your free hand in front of you, and your goal is to knock their arm or controller such that the controller moves enough that they lose. And like your goal is to keep your controller as stay as possible while like dodging your opponent trying to hit the controller. So wait, you have because the way I understood that in my head, there's the two players. They're facing each other face to face. They each have a we. Yes, they each have a uh, PlayStation Move controller. There's no graphics, right? It's just music coming out of the game. Um, and basically, like you just walk around each other and try and hit the other person's arm holding their controller. And if your controller ends up moving too much, then it turns red and you lose. <laughs> what the heck? What's the what's the relation to the music? Is there one? It's just that the music is the background for playing the game. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean... That's pretty amazing, right? Like, that's is that even a video game at that point? There's no <laughs> graphics, but you are using technically, like, a video game controller. True. Um, I don't know. I guess I call it a video game because you're leveraging the, you know... If it wasn't for the system providing the interface to be able to process that game, if you will, so I guess I call it a video game. But I mean, you're right. I guess, There's... but you could probably create a physical object that mimics this, right? Like you could have like a pole that you have to like balance like something on, and if yeah. you get hit, like that thing falls off, right? You totally could. I mean, I I got to think right. The reality you don't is because everyone might y- you get to tap into the install base of everybody who uses the PS. Oh, well, of course. Sorry, I was just more saying that, like, no, you're this right. It doesn't right. even yes, have to yes. be a video. It does game. not have to. No, it does not have to. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it's not, sort of. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, the, is, is, is a sport where they use electronic components to gauge whether balls are in or out? Does that, is that suddenly becoming a video game? Like, yeah, the lines are blurring a lot, right? I think what you said is, is a, maybe a good way of thinking about it. If there's no visual, you know, component, then maybe it's not really a video game. Maybe it's just, you know, it's somehow it's like an game. Enba- enhanced game or something. Right. right? Well, because but... video game has the word video in it, right? And video yeah. implies some sort of visual element. Like, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's very it, interesting. 
video games communicate the experience to you through the audio and visual interface, right? Or, uh, you know, mediums. Um, so if it, if it doesn't have one of those, then maybe it's something else. It has the audio part, I guess, sort of. Right. Well, yeah, and the audio is important, right? There's people who speedrun punch out on NES blindfolded using only audio cues. So, True. like, I think an audio-based game is probably still i would still call that a video game basically anything that uses multimedia to accomplish a game i think is probably a video game in my book yeah i don't know yeah interesting though um yeah so yeah that's so so weird uh you have any other alternate controller games you've experienced i mean yeah not really um you know i thought i just wanted to finish with you know thinking about Guitar Hero and Rock Band and all those things. Uh, uh-huh. to, I think that what those... Uh, when I gave that example of how um, my family sort of jumped into the Connect Just Dance um, easily without being intimidated as they were with like the Dance Dance Revolution pad. And I thought Rock Band achieved a lot of that too. And it came down to making an interface that felt familiar and was understandable, right? It was like great UX design. Um, totally. So like just as important as the sort of experiences that you craft around this hardware is like the crafting of the hardware itself that I think is just, um, I, I think that's part of the reason why you see so little of that innovation going on. Yeah, I guess. it needs to feel really intuitive, intuitive enough that someone is not going to be turned away from it because it seems so unusual. Right. It's got it. I got to look at it and understand what it's meant for, how to use it. Like all those things need to come naturally. Um, And I think those are the things Guitar Hero and Rock Band did well. Same with DDR, um, right? Like a lot of those games. It's just like, oh, I see what I could do with that thing. Yes. So anyway, I think that's Um, that's cool. I promised we would come back to Nintendo. And so we will. I have one final thing I would like to talk about, um, which is the Nintendo Labo which I think is like one of the most recent, most insane innovations on um, alternate controllers that's like almost ever happened. So for people who aren't familiar with the Nintendo Labo, it's essentially like a game where you you buy these things called Toy-Cons, which are these like cardboard objects that you build out of like these kits and you build this object. Like there's like a piano, there's like a robot that's like that you can build. There's like a handlebars for a bike and then you plug a you put a switch controller or the switch or something inside this thing you've built usually the switch console itself and then you can play a game using this controller that you've literally built yourself out of this cardboard kit um the piano like actually works you press the cardboard piano keys and it plays piano the robot you move your entire body and it moves the robot in the switch game yep right like it's crazy. <laughs> this is like an amazing thing, right? You're literally building your own alternative controller and then using it in a real game. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I just think when that's they, so When cool. they first announced it, I was like, "Dang, this this is." A, I I I don't I, I don't have much more to say. They're just too cool. Nintendo is I, too when cool. I saw it, I was so skeptical, and then I saw like the piano, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually like kind of insane." And then like. Now, I, I know some people who had it. There's a one of our coworkers had one, and he told me about that had a really positive experience with it, especially with his kids. Like, kids love touching like real objects, but they also like playing these interactive games, especially in the modern day. So something that bridges those gaps this like 
aggressively is like almost a perfect example of what you can do with alternative controllers with modern technology. Well, and not only that, right? But I think the interesting the the wrinkle that like really caught my attention about this is that um, Alexa's trying to reach out to me back here. Um, is that you have to make these, right? Like Nintendo yes. could have technically shipped a piano already made. Totally. Right? Yes. And and like yes, of course, maybe it's a little less cost efficient, but but let's just say Nintendo obviously. We'll do whatever the heck they want. Yeah, I don't think they <laughs> like, did this a, because of costs. Yeah, I agreed. And so the creative element to it is something that's interesting because I, there are like studies done. I would like to get more data like before really talking about it thoroughly, but like that people really enjoy making something and more specifically like using something they've made. Like totally, there's um, definitely a psychological link between like having something that feels like you created, and then right. having that object via like almost what feels like magic in a way for some of these objects work with like this thing, right? Like it's not yeah. completely obvious why like suddenly this piano plays music legitimately, right? Like it's almost yeah, like magical. Like, effectively, for a kid, he she just created he or she just created a magical piano, you know, right? Like, out of cardboard. Out of cardboard. So kids are great, especially for this, because the imagination just goes wild, right? Like it's at this point, maybe unfortunately for us to some extent, like we've sort of lost the magic of like, okay, I built it. And we're more fascinated by like how, wow, I can't believe this is, (laughs) this works. Right. But a kid maybe like they're, they're, they're sort of transporting themselves into this like whole universe where they have this magic piano and they just made this magic thing and like the you know obviously the experience that the game itself is communicating like it's it really goes out there for someone potentially at those younger ages um it's it's super cool uh and and very interesting that they like i said that they would intentionally go after that like creative element to it yeah no definitely it's amazing Good. Yeah. If, it, um, if, if this podcast has established anything, it's that Nintendo is cool in case nobody knew already. Yeah. I mean, from a game innovation standpoint, they're very, they're one of the leaders for sure. Them and indie studios, right? And that's why we end up talking a lot about Nintendo and a lot about indie studios. Cause when it comes to game design, interesting game design, those are the places where it's coming from, right? Like these other large AAA studios, they're, they're, they're really just creating the perfect versions of of the innovations that other people have already made. And they're doing great jobs of it, but they're not the ones creating these like insane out of nowhere experiences. Right. And again, like we were talking about before, it's, it's risky. And we've said this so many times, like for a triple a studio with the amount of, with the amount riding on the financial success of those games, um, taking, you know, really broad, you know, innovative risks is not generally desirable. Right. right Cause they're big wins. Yes, that yeah, uh, it, like on sometimes it can pay off, but like if it fails, those those failures are big failures, you know, from a financial yeah. perspective. So that's uh, unfortunately because they're big whips. I mean, like, yeah, they they have they have, they do other things, like you said. Good, I think the amount of polish and scale you see out of some of those studios is crazy. But yep, I agree with you. Nintendo's indies really pushing pushing the envelope there. Although there are some some you know like what Valve is doing. Um, Valve is, is kind of in a very unique position. They're, I, I, I think they're kind of they they are they're set up in a reality where uh, they they can kind of try more creative endeavors themselves. But generally speaking, like you said, 
triple a space limited on that front. yeah and i mean valve although they do have that ability do it very 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 rarely and i yes, think that's I the reality for a lot of these like larger studios that even have a chance at this they do it so rarely yep, yep. um but anyway yeah so where can people find us and can if you... there is an alternative controller they can use con- to find us be sure to mention it here <laughs> yes absolutely uh come the place Skylar is referring to is our Discord. Uh, so we have a Discord, the easiest way to find it. I mean, we, ha- we have a link to it in all of our social media profiles, the Instagram, Twitter, where you can find us at koala underscore ENT. Um, if not, go to our website, koalaentertainment.com. There's links to everything, including the Discord. Inside of the Discord, there is a podcast discussion, um, podcast suggestions channel. So come talk to us about us. Come tell us about any crazy controllers you've used. Um, Show some pictures, maybe some videos, even if you've got some. That would be cool. Yeah, some of the koala walla. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Maybe even a guaranteed koala walla winner. If I see somebody beating, what was that game that he used the DDR to beat the game? Mario 64. If somebody beats Mario 64, uploads a clip of them beating Mario 64 with two Dance Dance Revolution pads. I'm just saying, you're probably, you're going to win. You're going to (laughs) win. Well, your so, competition yeah. is like high-level Rocket League footage, so high-level Rocket League and some serious blunders, you know, yes. across across various games. They're pretty good, fun. yeah. Um, yeah, if you if you really yeah. post yourself failing to beat Mario sixty four with two dance pads, where you like fall over or something, that'd probably win too. Oh yes, we would. <laughs> please, any uh, crazy controller bloopers you got, send them our way. We would love to see them. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Cool. Well. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you come to our Discord, you can participate in our, you know, sort of adventure that's going on, alternate reality game of sorts that's going on. Get into the universe of the video game that our studio is creating. Um, and you can also interact with us. We'll talk with anyone. We'll play games with you, whatever you want. Yep. Uh, the community is rather lively. So it will and and the other cool people in there. Come come hang out, and uh, we'll, we'll also say that w- there are giveaways coming to the Discord soon, so if you're interested in really cool giveaways, like, not like $20 stuff, like $100 stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, come join the Discord. Um, if you're, monet- if you're motivated solely by capitalist greed, then join the Discord. If you're an extra... Uh, and here, I'll put it in another, like... <laughs> happier PR way. If you if your main motivation is extrinsic reward based, uh, come check out our Discord. We're gonna have giveaways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right now. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. See you.